Welcome. You're listening to WO Voices, a podcast series from Women in Optometry magazine. I'm Marjolyn Bailefeld, editor of Women in Optometry. We're delighted you could join us. We're here today with Dr. Teresa Colonna. Dr. Colonna is at the Westminster Eye Care Associates in Providence, Rhode Island. Dr. Colonna has been with us before talking about the video libraries that the practice has developed for training staff. And today we're going to talk about um, checklists and how they help the review process. Uh, with 65 employees, I can imagine that employee reviews cannot be arbitrary. There has to be a, a process here. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, definitely. Um, so I would say initially when we were significantly smaller, um, it was much more arbitrary. And what we had initially done was um, there were multiple doctors in the practice and multiple staff members that were all involved with training. Um, and initially that worked fine for the office. Um but as we started to grow, we realized we needed to have something that was more consistent because um, what would ultimately end up happening is maybe one person would get trained one way, one person a different way, um, or, you know, they would say so-and-so told me to do it this way, but you want it done another way. Um, so really, we found we were lacking in the consistency and we needed to come up with a program that was more consistent where everyone was getting trained the same way, everyone was doing the testing the same way, um, so that we, we were going to be more efficient, um, but also us as doctors could have that level of security and feeling like this test was performed the right way. Um, so uh, it, it first started out with a, a written training manual, um, and we did do periodic evaluations, um, but more recently, we've really standardized our entire training process. Um, and we, I did, I spoke about the videos, and that's helped significantly. Um, along with that, we have developed um, a number of, you know, I would say checklists that we go by. Um, so every new hire will receive their kind of training checklist um, that goes through each area that has to be performed. Um, and so if we ask them to watch, you know, these first three videos, they each get checked mark, uh, you know, every time that it happens. Um, if they need to sit with their trainer and learn a particular procedure, that gets checked off when it's done. Um, so really, they have that accountability and, and just the reminding that the, these are the things and these are the skills that need to be performed. Um, so I would say that's our, our first step in the training process is just that complete checklist. Everything needs to be done. Um, and then following that, um, when they get up to speed on their technique and they've worked with their trainer um, so that they're at a level where the trainer feels like they can initiate patient care, um, that's when I I will observe the new employee and I've developed my own checklist um, and, and each skill needs to be performed correctly. Um, and then I also have an area for notes. So I add in, um, you know, certain, maybe something I noticed that they could improve on. 
um, maybe something that they perform the skill correctly, but, um, you know, maybe there's something else that they can add to it to make it that much better. Um, and we do that for each skill that the technician is required to learn. So what is the environment that they are doing this performance in? Is it with a patient? Is it with a staff member? Is it imaginary? It's typically with a patient. We like to, so they have been, um, by this point, they have worked with their trainer on um, other staff members to perfect their technique. So this is going to be, uh, and they've also performed limited patient care with the trainer in the room, physically observing them as they're performing it. Um, So this is then going to be their first time that they're going to be in a room with a patient by themselves, basically with me observing. Okay, right. So, and, and do patients realize that that's what's going on? Yes, we. I do. I introduce myself as the doctor and say that um, I'm going to be observing um, during the testing. Right, right. And and is staff comfortable with that? I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of pressure there, but it it also feels like they've mm-hmm. been led to this position. They have. They're frequently very nervous, <laughs> um, and I always tell them not to be. Um, I'm there to help them and and to really help them improve and be the best at their position that they can be. Um, so I, I look at it as a very positive process. Um, I'm not the type of person to. Um, be negative about it at all. Um, I'm really very positive. Um, There are some, you know, I would say most of the staff members, by the time they're sitting with me, they are really proficient in what they're doing. Um, They've been perfecting it over a period of over a month. Um, So at that point, they they are typically ready to go. Um, We're usually just tweaking um, and making sure that everything is exactly where it should be. So when do you share these results with the the staff member? Mm-hmm. Um, so we do it right after it's, it's completed. So literally they put the patient in the room. Um, whoever is seeing the patient goes in, they come out to see me. I meet not only with the new hire, but also with the person that's training them, um, which has been really helpful in improving the training process because now the trainer is sitting in on it and saying, oh, okay, this is how I as a trainer can improve what I'm doing going forward. And they're picking up all of those little tweaks from me that they can then incorporate in their training as well. Um, So we do sit down, um, everybody gets a copy. So there's a photocopy that's made. um, The the new staff gets one, the trainer gets one, I get one, and our office manager gets one. Um, So that will let them know what areas, and, and I sit down with them and I maybe demonstrate if a technique could be improved on. Um, and then they have that information going forward. So they know, oh, okay, um, you know, I maybe need a little more work in this area. Um, I could maybe improve in in this specific area. Right. And, and if there are uh, improvements that could be made, it- do you repeat that process, the, the review, the, the observation process? 
yes, absolutely. Um, we I typically observe minimum of, of two patients, um, typically more than that, mm-hmm. um, just to ensure that they're doing the testing correct. And so if there is um, an, an area where I don't feel like they're up to par, we work on that before they're engaging with patients. Right. Um, so we make sure that we get that skill down. Um, and if there is any... Um, you know, concern that we obviously address that at that time. I have to think that your staff members must feel so confident and ready when they're finally released, you know, a, a month or five weeks later, that they really feel like, you know, they've proven themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, we, we do have a fairly, um, um, diverse, um, and I would say challenging um, patient base. Um, we have a, a large uh, population of um, immigrants that have come from other countries who maybe haven't had access to eye care or to quality health care. Um, for a lot of our patients, it's their their first eye exam that they've ever had. It can have some really challenging and complicated medical or ocular history. Um, so I feel like um, we, they are do have to be up to a certain level to feel confident with that. Um, but really, we also encourage them that that learning process never ends. And their trainer is always available for any questions um, or any concerns. And, and I really encourage them to ask questions. And I tell them, if you're not asking questions, then you're not doing something right because you're not going to know everything from the beginning. Um, and even as doctors, we don't know everything. Um, so that that learning process is ongoing. And I really encourage them, continue to work with your trainer. Continue to ask questions. You know, that you're, you're going to have a, a point where maybe a test, you're, you're trying to perform it, it's not being done the right way, um, the patient's not cooperating, or the outcome is just not what you're expecting. And I always tell them, um, you know, we have a, a little system where, you know, you, you put a post-it on the chart and you write down what, what you're having a hard time with. Like, you know, I was trying to check, you know, visual acuity, but the patient, you know, in this one eye was having a hard time. And, and you know, I it wasn't a straightforward result. Um, I always tell them, don't just write down anything, put a post-it on there, let me repeat it. Um, and all of the, uh, the doctors in our office are really good about that. And they know that um, our technicians won't be able to do every test on every patient. And so if there is a level of discomfort with the technician, um, they always have either a more experienced staff member that can perform the test or just have one of the, the doctors do the test for them. So it sounds like these review checklists are certainly to get people to a level, but do do you use them um, as as people advance their careers? I mean, do they reappear? Absolutely. And it's really the same checklist because it's the same procedures that, that we're expecting from them. Um, so we utilize that from day one all the way on. Are, are these used as sort of important? employee assessments? No, I definitely think they're, they're utilized um, by our, our management team for staff assessments. Um, and, you know, although it's been extremely rare, I have to say the vast majority of our staff um, 
really excel and um, are are still the majority of them are still with us. Um, you do unfortunately have those staff members that you hire that for whatever reason, it's just not working out. Um, and the evaluations have then been helpful in another way, um, where if we find they're consistently struggling with a particular skill, um, we have that documented and we have it documented on more than one occasion. Um, and although, like I said, extremely rare, um, they, they have been utilized um, as a way to have those discussions with the staff that that maybe this isn't working out and, and, um, you know, we need to maybe go in a different direction. And, and that's what I like about the process. Um, I don't want to be the subjective one. I don't, you know, I, I don't own the practice. Um, I never really am involved with the, the hiring and the firing and, and, and any kind of discipline or anything like that. Um, my role is very objective and it's, here's the checklist. These are the skills. They have all of the information to be successful and to succeed. Um, We know that it's all there um, and they've had adequate time to develop their skills. Um, So for me, it it really is very objective. It's either being performed correctly the way we've outlined it for you or it's not. How long did it take to create this checklist? Um, I'd say that's hard to say because it's just evolved so much over time. Um, And I think that that's why we have our training at the level that it's at is because we really haven't stopped developing and and adding new material. Um, More recently, um, I've been working on a um, video for our patients on how to do a visual field test um, because we found that was really one area um, we could teach our staff how to perform the visual field. Um, But then there was kind of this um, disconnect between the information that we were giving to our technicians and what was being relayed to the patient as far as how to perform the test. Um, So more recently, that's what I've been working on is a video for our patients to watch on this is how we're going to perform the visual field. Um, And this is, you know, the expectations from from the patient's point of view um, to really try to increase the quality of our visual field testing. And again, that consistency um, and really trying to make it standardized. Um, So I think, you know, our training process is constantly evolving and constantly changing. um, And and we're including more material um, because we found just the success that we've had with the videos. Um, It's working so well that we really want to try to incorporate as much information as we can. Um, And like I had mentioned, my my husband's involved with consulting and he's started offering the online training platform to his offices and his clients. Um, And we've got a lot of positive feedback um, as well. So I think that this, you know, Definitely, it can be like generalized to optometry um, and really, I think that can be helpful um, across the board. Right. So let's let's break this down. If if a, a doctor is listening to this podcast and says, checklist is a great idea. Um, and let's take 
visual fields as an example okay where might you start with a checklist like this is it is it five items is it skills is it patient communication what might go on to such a checklist yeah, I, I really think it's all of the above. Um, and, and the kind of the first thing that I always discuss with them when we finished is that patient communication is, you know, how was your rapport with the patient? Um, you know, I'm oftentimes remind them just put a smile on, have that that pleasant connection with the patient. They're really the first um well, b- besides the, you know, reception when they come in, but they're really the the first connection with the patient. Um, and they do spend, because we have specialized the training in a way, is they do spend a significant amount of time with the patient. So that rapport that they have is, is really important in kind of setting it off on the right foot for how the exam's going to go. Um, but I basically include a checklist of the specific skills. Um, and as they've performed each one, I will check it off if it's acceptable or not. And then in the area next to the skill, I will make notes. Um, and if there's anything, I try to, to definitely pull out what they did well. Um, you know, I really loved how when you were checking the patient's visual acuity, you were also watching the patient and not looking at the screen, you know, and observing the patient and watching for signs that they're using the occluder properly and that they're not, you know, looking through the bottom of their bifocal as you're trying to test their distance acuity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really try to pull out those positives as well and what they did great. Um, and then also just trying to add in, I, I think, no matter what level they're at, there's always something that they can take away from it. And, and that's true even of our staff that have been there, you know, as long as I have, is, um, you know, you're doing this great and, and everything is up to par and where it needs to be. Now try this, try, you know, let's, let's expand on it and let's um, maybe add something in that you weren't doing before. Right. So how much time now that you have today's form, you know, prepared. Uh, how much time does it take you to do one of these reviews? Um, really, I would say about 15 minutes. Um, and, and that's just our basic um, when we have our new technicians working on pre-testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can build from there if it's, um, you know, contact lenses or if it's a specialized test. Um, you know, those typically don't take as long, um, I would say. But, but in 15 minutes, you, uh, on an average patient, you typically have a feel for if they have the skills mastered or not. And I think it really depends on what you as a doctor feel comfortable delegating to staff members. And I think that that's different for everyone. Um, and so I think you need to see what is what is your level of comfort? Um, what particular test do you think that you can delegate to staff members? Um, and, and then I think that's going to tell you kind of how long you're going to be spending on those evaluations because it really depends on how much testing your staff member is doing. I can't imagine the difference that it must be now in the process than how it was when, you know, a new staff member came on and you realized, oh, I'm going to have to get this person from, you know, zero to 60 in the next two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And when when I think back and look back now of the content that we have on our training platform, 
um, I mean, you're talking about hours of training information. Right. So yeah, that used to be what I did. <laughs> um, and, and I would sit down with, you know, whoever was the newest staff members. We would also try to get together maybe a small group of them um, to, to work together. So it wasn't me individually talking to each person every time. Um, but then again, that would sometimes slow up our training process. Right. Because if I was waiting for someone who was maybe, you know, hired a few weeks after another, um, you know, trying to get them together, it didn't always really work in a, in a time fashion. Um, so if you really look at all of that information that they now have available in the videos, um, yeah, that's what I, what I used to do. Um, so it's just become so much more efficient. Um, and, and really, like I said, the quality, nothing's being left out. Um, nothing's being skipped over. Um, nothing's being forgotten. Cause sometimes when you're going through even, um, you know, in, in the position that I was in, I would, obviously have the information that I was relaying. Um, but sometimes someone would ask a question. I'd be like, oh, that's a great point. You know, I never thought of that. And I'd then incorporate that into the training, but that didn't get around to everyone. Um, so this way, all the information is there for everyone. Like I said, nothing's forgotten. Nothing's ever lo- overlooked. No one can say, oh, well, you know, nobody ever taught me that or nobody ever told me that. It's, it's all there. That's amazing. It sounds like uh, the next thing for you then is a hologram of you, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I would say being on video was not my favorite part of that, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely been definitely been really helpful. I guess the 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 trade off in your comfort zone is is realizing how much more uh, um, consistent and effective the, the the whole training method has become. Absolutely. I mean, and I think if you talk to any practice owner, I think that staff issues are frequently very high on their list of challenges. Um, And, you know, don't get me wrong, our staff is excellent. um, And they're really like the heart of our practice. Um, But training new staff in a timely fashion, but also making sure that they, their skills are up to par. Um, and it can, it can be really difficult. It can be so difficult when you're pulling your other staff members from their positions, um, for training purposes. So to be able to train those new staff members without your office kind of skipping a beat, um, that that's been really helpful for us. It sounds like you developed just a, a brilliant plan here and making it work uh, and, and fine-tuning it as you as you continue to go along. Dr. Colonna, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope you join us again next time on WL Voices. If you'd like to be part of our podcast series, please contact us. You can email us at wovoicesonline at gmail.com or via our website, womeninoptometry.com, on Facebook at WL Magazine, or through Twitter or Instagram at WomenODs. See you next time.